in every generation, there is a chosen one. A show that becomes a pop culture juggernaut. We're talking Beverly Hills, 90210. Twin Peaks. Jersey Shore. The Good Wife. And sometimes a show will come and go without anyone even noticing. They may have only been on air for one season or less, but the drama, the joy, the tragedy, it will all be remembered here and now. That's Abby. And that's Roberto. And this is Dearly Departed. Dearly Departed, are you listening? We will remember all about you. When you were canceled, we were trembling. We can't believe that they would doubt you. We won't forget you and the rest. Dearly Departed, dearly Hello and welcome to Dearly Departed. <laughs> Hi, Abby. Hi, Roberto. Are you excited for what we're about to uncover over the next couple hours? This, I feel like we're doing something really up your alley. This show feels really personal to me. It does. It does. I feel like I'm letting Dearly Departed listeners in on a part of me um, they haven't seen before. Are you sure they haven't seen it? Because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like theater nerd is like the first, <laughs> the first 10 minutes of friendship with you. That's going to kind of come to the forefront in a good way. Interesting. Interesting. I don't see myself that way, but you know. So we're super excited because today we have a very special guest, friend of the pod. We've already decided. Mm. Brett Johnson. Brett Woo! is a professional <laughs> actor, professional comedian. His one-man show has been performed all over the country and abroad in 2019 at the Edinburgh F Fringe Festival. Is that correct? That's correct. I just want to interrupt. I want to say asterisk. Professional doesn't mean I make a living off of it. Just want to make sure that everyone knows that. You want people to know that? Because I felt like we could just let them believe. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what, you have to. It's manifesting. You have to be you know believe that you are what you want to be and i feel like you are on your way to making a living in which case that is absolutely correct both manifesting and because that's going to happen soon as right. hell i mean you make a living and you also act and do comedy who's to say where the money comes from you know True. i'm not doing your taxes mm -hmm. and i am a professional when i'm doing those things exactly well thank you it's great it's uh great to be here i'm very excited it was me. so exciting because when we were sitting and talking about doing this show, it, it, it's one of those shows where it's like, we need someone else to experience this with us. Like, we need someone else to confirm that this, in fact, happened, that this is real. And when your name was brought up, it's like, oh my God, is Brett going to want to sit through eight hours of <laughs> Legally Blonde content? Um and it was truly such a blessing when you agreed. So thank you so much for coming. Of course. My, I mean, it's, it's a, the musical itself, it's fantastic. It just, it's, it's funny. It's well written. I love that you love Legally Blonde the musical. It's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's just a good show. And uh, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to uh, 
you know, uh, but, but I mean, like I, I did not grow up liking musical theater. I was not, I was, I wasn't like, I was a performer and I was a comedy person and I loved, you know, I was, I was a goofball and all that, but I did not like musical theater until I got into college. I didn't get it. Was there a show? Was there a specific show that you're like, oh my God, I, I, I see the light. It was, you know what it was? The, the gateway drug. And I think, I don't know if how many people this is true for, but for me, it was um, The Last Five Years by Jason Robert Brown. Oh my gosh. So I have a complicated relationship with The Last Five Years because I've only seen one production of it live and it was really bad. And then the movie stars, I mean, Jeremy Jordan, who I love, but it also stars Anna Kendrick, who, um, you know, is hard on the eyes and the ears. Um <laughs> It's just refreshing. I, you know, I, I like, I like hearing, um, not pro Anna Kendrick content. It, it's just, that's refreshing. I, it makes total sense to me somehow that you would be into the last five years, that kind of relationship drama of like this relationship coming to be and then falling apart with music through song. I see that this would speak to you. It's, I mean, it's got the attitude because again, to me, it was, it was, it was freshman year of college that I was finally around like actual theater people. And they were the ones who, you know, I went to, I grew up, you know, Christian evangelical. I went to, you know, Christian university. And they were the only, the first people I met there who were like open to their emotions and their imaginations. And sometimes a little too much. Oh, if I, of course. I mean, I, at the time I was just, I was still I was just mainlining. I was just binging it. But, um, <laughs> now, do you sing, Brett? I do sing. Yeah. So would you consider yourself a triple threat? Uh, I, I mean, triple at least. You know, <laughs> quintuple. You know, I, I I do origami and yoga. Like I don't know if those count. I, here's the thing: I don't. I think I have a I have a voice that can work. I wouldn't. The show would have to be hurting for guys for me to be cast off Broadway in a musical. But anywhere outside of New York, I feel like I could maybe I could have a part. Maybe I could shoot for a supporting role. You know, I'm great for like comedy musicals. Uh, like every two years or so in Boston, I would do a musical. So I did the MBTA, the musical at Improv Boston, which is about the T. I did um, one called Murder Night, which was a, a comedy parody of um, uh, the Purge movies. Obsessed with that um, concept. That sounds excellent. And did you die yeah. early? Or I did not. No, no. I was I lived through to the end because I was in a couple. It was about two suburban couples. And, and the couple I was in, it's sort of like me and my wife we met on murder night like it was like our thing they called it murder mm. night musical but then it's like we have kids now we're like are we that boring couple that doesn't go out on murder night anymore the and- way that you were a musical final girl obsessed well then i'm i just have to add one more thing to the list of reasons why i need this pandemic to end and it's to see you in a musical that's you know what i mean i'm, I'm i've been waiting for it too the moment i got out <laughs> that one the purge and we also did one um uh, we also, one was called uh, God Hates Musicals, and that was a parody of the Westboro Baptist Church. Right up your alley. Topical. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so anyway, so uh, let me, I'll wrap up. Uh, so in college, I met these, these the theater people, and they're like musicals. In my head, musicals were always just, it was Cats and Phantom of the Opera and this kind of stuff that was like, it seemed kind of hammy and over the top, which again, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I was like, not my bag. And then last five years comes along and it has this. I like that you were <laughs> um, put off by over the top and hammy. <laughs> uh, 
I'm glad that that's uh, that's linked with me. Um, <laughs> the uh, and then and then I was like I was like it was funny. It was um, you know it was it was uh, yeah it felt grounded. And then and and again being around these kind of uh, music theater people, like I remember t- I took musical theater class and I I didn't. Uh, my friend Paul D'Agostino, who went on to teach at Boston Conservatory and do all this kind of stuff, but like. I, I like he was he was kind of training uh you know coaching me through the song um the song day after day um and like i ha- i got like choked up during it i got reclamped like it was i was like oh this this can be this can be powerful stuff so then i kind of so then i was i was in and i started poking around and just finding musicals i liked I love that. I mean, Roberto Roberto doesn't have as much context cuz he never saw your one man show. So I associate you with like that, like storytelling type comedy that's like really emotionally grounded with a whole arc that's really like moving the listener through an experience, but also with laughter and lightheartedness. So I could see you being also great in comedy with drama. Musical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's the triple threat. (laughs) It's the triple threat. I I think what's, what's, I mean, the thing with music, it's like, I think people have a problem with musicals because they are, because people are singing their sentences. <laughs> it seems obvious, but it's like, it's like, it's immediately unreality, right? Like people yeah. in life don't talk to each other through song. But uh, it's also, I think that if you accept that unreality, you're immediately emotionally penetrated quicker than you're ready to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's just what how music affects you. So so if, if you're putting all that together into a song, then it's the, then you're gonna like you're that much. It's that much easier to be taken on an emotional. Tr- you're locked in. You're hooked in because you're watching someone sing or whatever. So, I mean, uh, nothing gets me closer to tears faster than seeing groups of people sing and dance together like in unison. It mm-hmm. just it gets to me. It, I don't know. Like it instantly. It's just the chemical reaction where it unlocks the tears. We mm-hmm. were watching Newsies last night on Disney Plus starring mm-hmm. Jeremy Jordan and just watching all those young men leap in the air together and sing mm-hmm. together it's mm-hmm. very shattering you can't help but smile mm-hmm. like it's so delightful it's so pure it's so joyful that mm-hmm. musical specifically but mm-hmm. that was me I mean we'll get to it but that was me in the last episode of this I was like oh my god the show's so uplifting I couldn't help but smile yeah yeah, it's, it is. This is probably one of the most cheerful and uplifting things we've ever watched for the podcast. So let's get to it. The show that Abby, Brett, and I are tackling today is the MTV reality competition series, Legally Blonde, the musical, The Search for Elle Woods. And yes, I will be referring to the title in its entirety every time I say it. It's important. Uh, but of course, it's... Uh, Based on, um, first of all, Legally Blonde, the movie, of course, beloved film starring Reese Witherspoon, was made into a musical. And then in 2008, uh, the lead actress, Laura Bell Bundy, decided it was, you know, it was time to move on. It was it was time to start her country music career. So we had to find a new Elle Woods. And here we are. And in theory, if this show had been successful, they could have gone on to do other Broadway shows? Well, I think, so 
this show is unique compared to our other ones because it it wasn't exactly a direct cancellation. But I think where it fits in is, first of all, again, like you said, had the show been a huge hit, they could have done other musicals. They could have done other casting opportunities. But also, I think that the show, this show came to be. So a year prior, MTV had done a televised um recording of Legally Blonde the musical and there was like a weird tie-in with the girls from the hills like you can go on YouTube and watch the entire show and for some reason like Audrina and Lauren Conrad are hosting (laughs) and then Laura Bell Bundy was leaving she left her last performance was July 20th of 2008 the winner of this show was announced the following day and then two days later the winner would would have her debut performance and the show ran for i i guess for maybe over a year it got seven tony nominations people liked laura bell bundy's performance but as soon as the new girl started three months later the show closed and it was considered a financial disappointment it wasn't able to make the money back um that the investors had put in so i think this show was the producers of Legally Blonde, the musicals, like last ditch at maybe like, you know, drumming up some excitement for the Broadway show. And it. so you think it was, it was, the show was kind of already like they were seeing ticket numbers go down. People started to care less. And they're like, what about a reality show to try to zest up the the interest? Right. I think that's, that's my guess. I, I, I only have like clues to lead me to that conclusion, nothing concrete, but then the show closed. So it feels, it feels almost like a double, a cancellation in that sense. This is the show that got Legally Blonde, the musical canceled on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Or the show that wasn't able to save the Broadway show from closing. And it's never, it hasn't been revived on Broadway since. No, but they've done like a bunch of touring companies. There was a West End production. And I think it's it's really big in high schools now. I performed my my school did this production of Legally Blonde the musical. That's 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 where How did you feel about your L? My L? Oh my gosh. Sidebar. Okay, so my L did not actually go to my school. It was this (laughs) girl who who was homeschooled she was definitely like working towards being a huge musical theater actress like I think I think she started off she did homeschooling so that she could do a bunch of local productions and then maybe travel to New York and audition I don't she was very nice but she did not go to our school I think that she ended up taking like she didn't even she wasn't even in our theater class I don't know I don't know how she began competing with my school's troupe during our district competitions so I don't I don't know what deal they worked out but they literally brought this girl in to play Elwoods um, I feel like yeah. that must have pissed off some of the girls that actually attended the high oh, school. oh 100 percent but then my worlds collide because there's a TikToker that I like it's that I don't know his name but it's that really pale bald guy who does um all of those duets um with the other gay guy you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i yes i actually do but i don't know his name so i don't know how to make this known to the listeners anyway there's a guy on tiktok that i like and he ended up being on her podcast and it was like my worlds were colliding she has like a, a musical theater acting podcast of some kind um but so anyway you, so you still track her you're still you're still aware of her moves out there in, in public I, I wasn't actively tracking her she made herself known to me ah uh. 
um, <laughs> through TikTok. Were, were you were you in the musical, Roberto? I I was. Um, if people haven't gathered, um, I can't really sing, but my my you department. Can't? <laughs> my department was in need of boys so um i was like in the ensemble and um i of course played the boyfriend in gay or european oh uh-huh i see <laughs> There's not- and which one were you gay or european both well my it, the, the big debate was is is the pool boy gay or european and it turns out that he is both Right. Abby, you, because I love Thickly Bond the musical, of course, and Brett has now um, outed himself as a lover of the musical as well. I've tried to play this for you and you did not like it. I love musical theater. I really do. But I don't love all musical theater. It just depends on whether or not it hits for me. I love Legally Blonde the movie. Um, I love the story. You know, I love Elle. I really enjoyed this reality show. I just did not really enjoy the MTV recording that you were playing on our TV. It wasn't speaking to me. I just found it a little bit irritating. Um, But I feel like that's not to say that if I was in an audience, I would not enjoy this musical because I think I probably would. Um, It's just one of those things where it wasn't hitting for me in the moment. I do think that the songs are good and catchy and fun, but it's not my favorite musical theater music I've ever heard. I mean, I've definitely gotten attached to it now from watching this show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, this show is propaganda. It's, it's, it's begging you to love all things legally blonde. Mm -hmm. So is there in Roberta, there's, there is a, uh, cast recording from this show too. So it's, it's the, it's original. It's the original Laura Bell Bundy. Right. Oh yes. Got some. Yes. From a year prior. So yes, right. but I think that if you, I, I've seen on Google performances of like, of the winner, who we will try not to spoil until the very end, we love the drama, um, of her doing like so much better got it, got than it. the other numbers. Yeah. So episode one is really exciting because it brings us right into the first casting session where they have 50 women dancing in unison kind of you know the way you picture a broadway casting like the musical chorus line where you have like 50 people dancing on stage in unison and then one like sassy gay guy being like you you and pointing at them and calling out their numbers you know (laughs) um it was a fantasy for me i'm not gonna lie so we have these 50 white women quickly getting narrowed down to 15 by the director jerry mitchell and this is this guy's the big wig he is the director of Legally Blonde, the musical on Broadway. And instantly, you know, he's able to take these 50 girls down to 15. But what I most enjoyed about the sequence is looking at all of the girls who were not wearing pink and seeing in their eyes that they really thought they were doing something. They really (laughs) thought they were like, oh, my God, the way I'm standing out, the way (laughs) the way I'm the main character. Because they were wearing black instead of hot pink. They right. missed the memo. You're auditioning to be Elle Woods. Okay, maybe come prepared next time. <laughs> and they're like, but I'm a different Elle Woods. I'm the new Elle Woods. And they're like, right. you're not Elle Woods at all. You're the first person cut out of 90. <laughs> so Jerry gets introduced to all the girls, um, you know, the 15 that he picked. And then he bows out because he doesn't really have time to do this MTV reality show. Because, of course, he has to actually be directing 
Legally Blonde on Broadway. So instead, he has appointed three judges <laughs> to narrow down the, te- the the 15 girls for him on his behalf. And these three judges are Heather Hatch, who is the writer of Legally Blonde, the musical, including all the lyrics. I, I like her. She she felt very much like the middle ground judge. You know, she was going to be sweet and encouraging, but she was also going to tell these girls yeah. how it is. I liked her so much. And it's funny that she didn't get more screen time and more talking head time because she genuinely created the musical. Like, this is her baby. Um, and they're, they're singing her songs. I, she was the one that's like quickest to get emotional. Yeah. But she also was very quick to, to, you could see on her face when she was not vibing what one of the girls was doing, mm-hmm. which I liked about her. I mean, she knows how it's supposed to be. Obviously, everybody loves Laura Bell Bundy. Those are big shoes to fill. So Heather Hatch, the writer of Legally Blonde. She, her, her, her feedback was always really grounded, too. Always really, uh, just really specific, I felt like. Genuinely helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What I will say about these judges... I really liked them because they seemed genuinely very invested and like they really loved the musical and cared about the girls and wanted to pick the, pick the correct girl. Like it felt very much like they were taking it seriously, which grounded the whole show and just kind of made it easier for me to invest my time in the show. Same. I, I think it's interesting uh, that it's, I mean, the compared to uh, some reality shows, these stakes arcs are actual, are very, very real. This isn't yeah. a, this isn't a self and contained world of a big brother or something where it's about the drama. And it's like, like they all exactly like this is millions of dollars of non MTV money. And I mean, this is like investors and stuff that, that it's their choices impact. So it's like, yeah, yeah, they weren't, they weren't messing around. Yeah. The winner, the winner gets a career on Broadway. That's where this show I think succeeds compared to other reality competition shows, just in the sense, of course, watching it, it's enjoyable content, right? It's like, it's singing, it's dancing, it's legally blonde. Um, it's content I already like, but I think on just on the formula of a reality show, the stakes are really high, like you said. Um, they're they're genuinely getting something. I, I It was, oftentimes I would compare it to kind of um, top model, where of course the winner gets like, you know, a modeling contract, but it feels like the winner of this is handed so much more, you know, there's, there's something so immediate about you're going on Broadway. So the sort of the judge that gets the most screen time, I would say, or at least is sort of treated like the head judge is Bernie Telsey. And he is a casting agent who has cast a lot of really notable shows on Broadway. Um, Wicked. Wicked, yeah. He was responsible for casting our host, which is Haley Duff. <laughs> I that's honestly one of the my favorite things about this show is Haley Duff. On paper, in the actual show, it's like she, she could she if she wasn't there, it wouldn't matter. She but, does not need to be there at all. Um, but she is there to wear the ugliest possible dresses every episode at the end when she's announcing the list. And have like a couple talking head moments and that's about it. But I like that it was Haley Duff. I didn't realize that she was a Broadway actress, but she in fact was on Hairspray. On Brett, Broadway, do you so. have any experience with Haley Duff? So, I mean, um, you know, I didn't, also didn't know she's a Broadway actress until she mentioned it every time she appeared on screen. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> is this why she's doing the show just to remind people that she did a show on Broadway? Like, is that here's my question for you two. Is Haley Duff in any way more legit than Hillary Duff? Obviously not in like notoriety necessarily, but like, Haley... is, is, is she seen as more skilled in any fashion or just like a tag along? Well, the sort of truth behind Haley that people don't talk about a lot is that she does some of Hillary's singing in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Drama. So you can kind of hear the voices are blend together, but Haley is the one doing like the high notes, the harder, trickier vocal. Um, so she's kind of been behind the scenes of Hillary throughout Hillary's career, kind of bolstering Hillary. I mean, she doesn't sing for Hillary on Hillary's albums. Don't fucking get it twisted. You know, that's all Hillary Duff. So, you know, I'm a giant Hillary Duff fan. She's an icon to this but- day. Look, I love Hillary Duff, right? But it's like when people think of Hillary Duff, at least in my experience, they're not, they don't equate like incredible vocals to Hillary Duff. No. So it's like the reason that we love Hillary Duff is not because of anything that Haley Duff has helped her with. No, I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Haley Duff is maybe the more talented singer, but Hillary had the star power and Hillary had the Disney show. And that's why Hillary Duff is the one that, you know, has greater fame but Mm -hmm. Haley has had a great career for herself she's done a lot of lifetime movies she's definitely making her coin she's definitely raking in those paychecks she was on broadway which is a huge deal i think i'm assuming she's been in in more than just hairspray but i mean regardless that's a big deal and um you know she is an actor she is a singer it did seem like she had to keep reminding people why she was (laughs) relevant in this show Even though she's been behind the scenes with Hillary for Hillary's whole career. I had a magazine as a kid that I think was something to do with maybe the Hillary Duff fan club, but it was the Hillary and Haley like story. And it was a magazine of both of them. It was like pictures of them together and like interviews with both of them. So I was always aware of Haley. She was always a part of the Hillary Duff story. Mm. Um, And of course, co-stars in Material Girls. So Bernie Telsey, the casting agent, is kind of the head judge. And then we have the third judge, Paul Kanan, who is an actor, Broadway superstar, and a member of the Legally Blonde cast. I really enjoyed his presence on screen. I did too. I think he was a fun judge. All the judges, I think, were really great. They all genuinely wanted to help these girls, but they were... They were very critical while also not seeming like evil people. Like they genuinely cared about these girls and their feelings, but were also casting a high stakes show at the end of the day. After the dance audition, the girls get some vocal coaching time. And then it's time for each of the 15 girls to perform a solo Broadway moment for the judges, a vocal performance. Do you remember which song it was? Are they doing so much better? I think it's so much better. They're doing Maybe. the big yeah. um, act one closer where Elle Woods gets the internship and realizes that she didn't come to Harvard for a man. You know, she, she can be so much better than that. Mm-hmm. She is so much better. Yes. Oh my gosh. So... During the rehearsals, I did have to point out this girl, Libby. She had, like, chopped bangs, 
she was wearing like a nylon blue attire of some sort and she was going so hard during the rehearsals like while the all the while the girls were just like practicing the the notes and the words like she was giving a full-out performance in the back and it felt I don't know it felt it felt right it felt like I was back in high school theater I saw this bitch across the room I was rolling my eyes at her Wow. And unfortunately, Libby is not part of the final team. <laughs> She's, <laughs> She's not even she... in the top 10. Yeah, so whatever she was doing was not enough. So each of the girls performs. I really enjoyed this. But one special shout out to Libby. Sorry, continue. Out. <laughs> special shout out to Libby. Her, we are, girl. And we want her to get that credit. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this. I'm obviously out of the three of us, probably the least familiar with the music. Of course, now I feel like I know it like the back of my hand because of the show, but all of them can sing. You get why these girls made it to the top 15. But honestly, I was not impressed by each and every one of them individually. <laughs> there was some sloppy notes, you know, there was some breathiness, there was some nerves showing. And ultimately that makes it easier for them to narrow it down to the final 10. And these are the 10 girls that are going to, you know, move into the hotel, penthouse or whatever, and go through eight weeks of rigorous audition process. So I want to walk us through these 10 girls real quick. I don't have notes on all of them. Actually, I do. That was a lie. <laughs> Lindsay, who's 24. Lindsay's really beautiful, bubbly, looks the part, really feels like Elle Woods. But we are going to see her sort of rise and fall throughout this show. She just doesn't quite have the chops. <laughs> we have Autumn. Autumn is 28 which makes her the hag of the group. <laughs> you know, she's been working for a long time. She's never been on Broadway, but she's done a lot of shows. That's um, the thing, that none of these girls have been on Broadway. They've either, you know, some of their parents are in the industry. They've, of course, been working for stardom all their lives, but none of them have been on Broadway yet. Yeah. Autumn is, you know, weathered. And she's, she's serious throughout the show. You know, she brings us some gravitas. She understands the stakes. She knows that she is that triple threat. Um, but unfortunately, she does have brown hair, which in this show is really going to be a roadblock to success. <laughs> then we have Rhiannon. Rhiannon is 19. You know, she's one of the babies of the group. She is so cute. Big personality, big teeth big smile, big mouth. I love her. I at, at some points throughout the show, I was like, oh, Rhiannon is a front runner for me. And then at other points, I'm like, oh shit, Rhiannon, I'm, I'm not sure if you have that it factor. Um, but we are going to see a lot of Rhiannon throughout the next eight episodes. And a she, lot. yeah, and she's fun. And the judges love her. They really do. I mean, I think they give her a lot of leeway because she has such great energy. She's a little bit goofy, a little bit silly. She brings a comedy to Elle that they love. And I think because of that, she gets away with maybe not being the best singer. Then we have Cassie O. Cassie O is 22. She has strawberry blonde hair and she loves her own voice. <laughs> that was her intro package. She's just like, I love to sing. I love the sound of my voice. I just love everything about me when I'm singing. And I look, love as podcasters, can we really say that we're any different? <laughs> exactly. Right. Bailey is 20. Another one of the younger girls. 
she stands out because she looks the part for sure she has big blonde hair and she's also a southern belle which the southern element is going to be a roadblock for her because of course she has a thick twang she's from north carolina i or she's from south carolina Carolina. her twang be thick Mm-hmm. I felt a kinship to her. Um, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. She just felt very, she felt, I'll say it, like home. Um, she fits in with all of the, you know, Christian Girl Autumn posts. She's very, I don't know, there's there's a sweetness to her. I trust her. I liked her. I really did. I mean, she is somebody who embodies Woods and will not let us forget it right you know she brings it up regularly she really sees herself as being Woods since day one you know she just she has that Woods personality she's someone who i like she she was you know no spoil she she was sweet and she was nice but it would have been very easy for me to see her be backstabby you know what i mean like oh really yeah oh yeah i think in that way of like yeah i mean like you know uh, I think she could have turned Vicious White Girl pretty easily. <laughs> From Christian Autumn to Vicious White. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So then we have Natalie, who's 24, and she's the shortest, which is apparently super important to note. And <laughs> she is from Malibu, and she comes from a showbiz family. So that, you know, gives her a little bit of a leg up on the other girls. Then we have one of my personal favorites, selena with a c and selena is another one of the you know old hags she is (laughs) 28 which is the the oldest of any of the girls she says that she is a rocker and that she made out with everyone i mean everyone in high school that's her intro bisexual (laughs) i liked her she was wearing she's really tall and she's wearing like an orange crop top and blue sweats, like low rise sweats. So she was giving us like a little skin moment during her audition, which I liked. And she does feel like she's a little bit different than the other girls because she's edgy. She has choppy bangs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like her a lot. Now we have Lauren. Lauren is the contrast to Selena because she is the youngest. She's 18. Which means she's she hard did. to watch. She's hard to watch. I mean, the thing about Lauren is that she is really talented and we'll see throughout the show that she has great vocals. You know, she can dance. She can pretty much do everything. She just is really young and, you know, green. Um, but we, we most noticed about her is that she looks almost exactly like Jamie Lynn Spears. Mm. If Jamie Lynn Spears was stuck in like a room full of horrendous smelling trash she just had a constant frown on her face and it's like girl come on why what's with the sour look do you think she's one of those girls who's like since my face is cute i don't need to smile like i'm just gonna be like getting attention either way i think that she just was in a bad mood (laughs) the whole time like she's so pouty well i mean it's funny because oftentimes like so many of the girls in front of judges or or other actors or in the rehearsals were so smiley right like it's that that training that you get to like be good at receiving criticism like Mm -hmm. but she just she didn't get the memo she's really serious but she does make it 
clear at her first ever audition that she's here to win. She's not here to make friends. And the judges are like, well, that's not very Elle Woods of you because, you know, Elle Woods <laughs> want to be friends with everybody, which she I thought really, was. A- yeah, it really made a point to emphasize that. Like in two or three points, she's like, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if these girls want to win like me. I want to win. <laughs> I do like that we're we're opening this pattern of the judges being like, well, that's not very Elle Woods of you. You know, what would Elle Woods do? Because they have to fully embody Elle Woods. It's not just a performance, you know, it's an identity. Well, I think I think part of it, which also adds to just the sweetness of the entire show in general, right, is the idea of, of being Elle Woods on and off stage, just in the sense of also like, you're the lead of the show, but like still treat everyone with kindness and be a... a a leader and be someone that people want to approach and be inspiring, which of course I feel like is in direct contrast to most reality competition shows where it's like, give us the caddy, give us the drama, give us these fights. And it's, it, it always feels like the show toes the line between wanting to, you know, give reality TV show audiences kind of the drama while still like whoever wins the show has to appear like a sweet, kind person who is not going to viciously cut everyone's throats backstage during the show. Right. We, cause the winner still has to also get uh, thousands of people to come see her. Right. <laughs> so then we have Cassie S who is 19. She has brown hair, another huge roadblock that she has to face. Um, and she wears bows constantly giant bows in her hair. Um, it's a, incredibly signature to her. She's absurdly bubbly, I would say. And she's a little bit stiff with the bubbliness. Like it does kind of just feel like she's always doing a character to me. Um, But she says that this experience is awesome, blossom, fabulous, fantastic. A catchphrase that I will wear out to death. (laughs) She uses it several times. So this is obviously a signature catchphrase for her. She's the only girl that is bold enough to come forward with a catchphrase episode one and that's going to set her apart in my eyes (laughs) she's very rachel berry-esque yeah that's a that's apt emma is the last girl that we meet and she's 26 and she is also pretty serious uh she's from new york city which means you know that she has a little bit of edge you know she's been hardened by the industry she's done other shows you know not on broadway but she's worked and she notes immediately that her parents actually met on Broadway when they were doing Grease and that her father has two Tonys. So she has a lot to live up to. She comes from a very successful showbiz family, but she admits that she hasn't had a dance class in at least five to seven years. (laughs) She's not a dancer. And in addition to that, she just quit smoking like day of. (laughs) very open about which i respect and everybody seems to have a lot of patience and respect for the fact that she just quit smoking you would think that that would be something that she wouldn't want to talk too much about because obviously smoking has an effect on your voice and if you're a singer it's not the best it's not the best thing you can do for your instrument particularly if you're a broadway singer and it also affects your stamina your health in general it's not great to smoke if you're an athlete singer or dancer the thing about emma is that they seem to really want to paint her as the reality show villain. I think for so much of her time, they 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 focus on the fact that 
she's was a smoker and literally tells everyone about it and the her audition clips that they show i feel like off more times than not are her looking winded looking tired not looking focused and yet all the other girls are talking about what a front runner she is what a great competitor she is so it's this weird like the show seems to want to paint her as a person who's skating by who is colder than the other girls which i think you mentioned it at one point, Abby, while we were watching that she's just normal, whereas all the other girls are like operating on a higher frequency than is tolerable. We can say. have a normal L Woods. <laughs> okay, yeah. and I mean, I agree to jump in. I, I, like, she's definitely. Uh, I, I thought they were setting her up in the way of like, like a lot of like, I'm wind and I'm not doing good. Obviously, for like a kind of a redemption arc. Um, you know, there's definitely her as the hard-edged one, but she didn't seem to be taking that out on the other girls, besides, like, a few extra scenes of her being more like, everybody's practicing and it's really getting on my nerves, like, kind of a moments. Um, but yeah, I agree, too. I was like, I was like people were surprisingly, seemed surprisingly um, at peace with her, with people being like, oh, okay, that, well, you know, that's well, that's fine, hang in there. And then I think once, at one point, maybe the judges panel, they were like, you can't make an excuse for why you can't deliver. And I'm like, thank you. That finally said it. <laughs> I mean, that's the funny thing is they only say that once and it seems like throughout the rest of the show, they're really nice to her about it and like really patient with her. Um, but I think they really like her, the judges. I think that she must be a very talented singer and we just not, we don't get to see a lot of that on the show because she does stick around for a while and the judges do like her a lot. They do also note that she looks a lot like Reese Witherspoon, which is... I guess a boon for them. They um, believe that she could go to Harvard. <laughs> they do say that. They're which, like, we really believe you as as a Harvard girl. Which is like the whole point of Legally Blonde is that you don't expect Elwood's to go to Harvard. So why don't you jump us into episode two now that we have our, our, our top 10. So episode two is titled And Then There Were 10. And we are immediately blessed with an iconic 2000s intro sequence. It's very... Again, it's very top model. We open with Bruiser, you know, entering the screen. It's an overly stylized CGI backdrop. It's New York City. It's Times Square, baby. And then each girl twirls or they do kind of like a similar action. Um, they get their name card. It's really iconic. Um, and and it, it features all 10 girls. Now, Brett, at this point, you know, from the jump, did any of the girls stand out to you? From the beginning, I think I was I think I was reserving judgment because I, I, I sometimes it's hard to tell what's editing edited for drama and what's you know what I mean right. what, what's actually well well performed. Um, I kind of immediately just once I realized we had Autumn and Sel- Selena um, as sort of the the, the seniors of the group, I kind of liked them from the jump. Like right. I liked Selena's attitude. I, I was kind of interested to see what was going to happen there. Oh, I did. Do you know? Do you notice in the intro that Emma does like a little uh, groove and shake? Um, I noticed that, and I noticed her god awful orange brown dress. And to me, it just it's it's her way of standing out amongst the sea of pink, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Continue. 
So the girls arrive at their home for the next few weeks. It's a pink loft. It's It seems to be kind of the penthouse of a New York building. Um, and one girl notes that it's decorated with Pottery Barn teen. And it's a dream world for her. Um, in her defense, she may be 18 or 19. Um, but she's obsessed with the Pottery Barn teen. Watching all of these grown women freak out about PB teen spoke to me in in such a beautiful way i mean i i get it i like flowers and glitter too i like hot pink <laughs> and you're definitely in as you have coined it your bimbo phase abby 100 percent. well congratulations yeah i'm i'm trying to embrace my himbo uh, stage you know you have himbo energy but you're just like a little bit too college educated like See, if you could dumb yourself down a little bit, it would help. That's the thing is, I, I, but I'm I'm really I'm really digging into that. I'm really I'm really unpacking that. So I mean, I'll I'll have more you know philosophic thesis statements, which seems to go against the himbo concept at all to have them. But you know what I mean? Like like I want to I want to understand the mindset and then embrace all as many positive aspects as it has. It's just like a simple life, just the simplicity of that life. Like oh, iconic. It- then you have to stop doing research on revolutionary war people. <laughs> fine, 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 fine. But to your credit, you know, you do, you're a, a good presence, you're a cheerful presence, you know, you're a warm presence, and you do respect women. And those are important attributes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. I enjoyed when they're checking into the house, how one girl was like, it's like, it's like they made it for us individually. She's like, it's like they made it for each of us. And I'm just like, girl, they didn't know who was going to be showing up in that house. It's literally just pink and you're all insufferable. Um, I will say it's really noticeable early on the genuine camaraderie that these girls have. Um, they they want to root for each other. like like we, friendship. Yeah, it's friendship. And they do a bend and snap group huddle. <laughs> Um, so in A Talking Head, Haley Duff really emphasizes what a unique auditioning experience this is. You know, no one, no one on Broadway has done this. For starters, it's long as hell. You know, it's a, it's a multi-week audition. And more importantly, one of the things that often actors don't get is a reason as to why they're not cast. And each girl is going to know exactly why she was cut. Um... So they arrived in their first workshop and they were each told to dress comfortably and casually. Um, Some of the girls didn't fully get the memo because the associate director makes sure to call out Bailey's ass for wearing heels. It's like, Bailey girl, what, what are you doing? So then they do a vocal, they do some vocal exercises um, and again, Bailey's Southern roots are going to, be a challenge for her um you know she's from south carolina her father's a pastor she loves it but at the end of the day she really wants this so she's going to put in the work and in fact her vocal transformation really catches the judge's attention because she wins the workshop reward and gets to spend some one-on-one time with nikki who is one of the actors from legally blonde she plays brooke windham and has the iconic whipped into shape jump rope number mm-hmm. in the musical she catches the eye of or she of the uh, of the vocal coach yeah. yes the Which, vocal coach who's, who's a very mild-mannered seems like a friendly gentleman I, I don't remember his name 
Me either. But he, there was something about him that felt important. He had, yeah. um, he, he had dignity, a dignified air about him. He did. He's sweet. I really like him. And he makes multiple appearances because he is like their vocal coach throughout mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. So the girls meet up with Nikki at the Puma store, which it felt like I was glitching. It did. I was so confused why they were at the Puma store. Um, it almost felt like the moment in The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart when Chris and Brie go on a date at Guitar Center. <laughs> I mean, look, somebody has to be paying for this MTV show. Right. And, and Puma's you know, ready for it. it. That's on Puma's shoulders. So it's Bailey and then Bailey picks a friend to go with her, right? Is it Rhiannon? It, I, in my head, it's Rhiannon. But it's, it uh, it's, it's Ridgeway. It's Lauren Ridgeway. Oh, she picks Lauren. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We love to see the arc that those two will have. Their friendship. It's uh it is interesting the the complexity in the whole who do I who, who I, I mean I guess it's not doesn't get too it's not necessarily complex. You can just pick a friend. Which is the whole like who do I want to give an advantage to question. It doesn't it, it seems like that's clearly um put in there as maybe a source of conflict for the girls, but none of the girls ever really seem bothered by, I mean, because the advantage is ultimately not that great. You're right. (laughs) The rewards are never like that worthy of getting upset over. I guess besides um, when, um, uh, was it Cassie O gets taken on one and everyone's like, why did she get, Oh, Cassie right. S. Cassie S gets chosen. People are like, why did she get picked? Because oh, they can't stand her ass. Right. She got picked as the winner of one of one of the things. And everyone's like, what the hell is that? Now, when you got into theater in college and all this, did you, do, do these people seem familiar to you? The energies in this uh, show? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, they do. Uh, Christian's cool stuff. I think there's already sort of that, there's, already, there's a lot of that kind of bubbliness. So there's definitely like the, like, I don't know, classic kind of, uh, you know, um, aggressively positive almost. But yeah, yeah, um, um, I wasn't, since I wasn't as, wasn't really musical theater school. So as far as like, uh, more brunettes is what I'm getting at. We have more brunettes. <laughs> Shakespeare. Yeah, right. or like Brecht, Brechtian, whatever, you know, like that kind right. of thing. This scene, I, I have been told that I have given off a quote shallow theater kid energy. Well, you don't, and that's a fucking lie. <laughs> well, thank you. But it was interesting to watch this show. It did. There was there were elements that felt like a horror flashback. I think that I mean I I enjoyed my time in theater. I genuinely made a ton of friends. But it was also like keeping these people at an arm's distance because there is an element of not being sure like where the performance starts and ends. And even in this show, like so many of the girls want to embody Elle and are so bubbly and over the top that it's like, I'm not sure where her performance as Elle begins and where it ends. Right. I thought that when you said like they all did the group bend and snap together, I was like, probably, I feel like the 26, 28 year olds are probably like less like, they're more like, yeah, let's get it girls. Versus 19 year olds being like, oh my God, you know. Yeah, yeah. So now it's time for the first audition as, you know, the top 10 finalists. And Nikki arrives. And off the jump, I have to, my eyes just go to the three skinny belts that she's wearing over a layer tank top. And it 
I can't even explain the the surge that went through my body looking at this woman wearing three belts. Early 2000s fashion is everything and late 2000s fashion is everything in a different way. It's <laughs> such a dark period for fashion and yet I'm so grateful that it happened. I mean, the side parts, the side oh things, the choppy layers, the multiple belts, the layered tank tops, the skinny scarves, the infinity scarves. <laughs> There's so many elements here. The low-rise pants. So for this audition, the girls are going to have to perform a scene from Legally Blonde with Nikki. But in private, the judges have told her to drop a line. Just to see if the girls are able to, you know, think on their feet and keep the show moving. Lindsay's up first. I will say, I will say before I jump into Lindsay, this proves to be one of my favorite moments in reality TV. One of the most difficult things to watch. It's like, I wish I could be in that room because I'm I'm certain that the editing made it seem worse, but it was like crawling out of my skin. Like, please, girls, please uh, make it end. So we, we start with, with Lindsay and she bombs. She stands there waiting for Nikki to deliver the line. And it's, they hold it for so long. The dramatic music is playing. They're cutting to the judges' faces looking so repulsed that she's still in the room. Um, and finally, Nikki just has to give her the line, and we move on. Brutal. Well, I mean, I love the I love the gimmick, though. I love the I love the intentionally forget a line, see how they do. It's genius. It's genius. Yeah. Cassie S is next, and she does considerably better than Lindsay, but the judges just feel like her performance is too hammy. She's too stiff. Then we get um, Brett, your girl, Selena, and she's able to get the scene back on track, but there was this prolonged period where she was non-verbally gesturing to Nikki. She kept giving her like, come on, hand motions. And the judges didn't like that. They were like, what are you doing? Like, it looks like you're begging for to <laughs> Yeah, no, it totally looked like that. And I was like, I was like, girl, what are you doing? And then she had an incredible save, which I don't know if it's true, but when she was like, no, no, I was trying to be like in character being like, you can tell me, you can tell me. Right, right. I was like, wow. it's like I don't, I don't believe you for a minute, but that was smart thinking. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the girls, Autumn does the best. Which Autumn is someone who continues to do a great job and continues to be forgotten about. Because for most of the time that she is on the show, I don't think about her. Despite the fact that she really is a great vocalist and the judges obviously really like her. I think that she 28 is not old. Like it's not old by a long shot. But there was something about her her presentation that just read far older than she was like there was like a lot of soccer mom energy in her especially compared to like the 19 year old toothy blondes right i mean maybe the, i think they, maybe they also um under sh- under showed her early in the run because she you know lasts quite a while right right yeah that That's i cool. think is true as well so the judges deliberate and It's now time for Haley to read the list. And the list are the names of the girls who are safe and moving forward in the competition. So the girls get called. I believe that um, Bailey is actually one of the first. And early on, we see that Bailey is definitely a front runner. They highlight Bailey. So we know to keep an eye on her. Bailey's name is right. Autumn's name is towards the top. The judges like Lauren. Um, And ultimately, the three girls at the bottom who are not called are Lindsay, Cassie S and Cassie O. 
these three have to go to the casting office. And the judges tell these girls, you know, they feel like Lindsay has the look, but she needs to step it up. They think that Cassie S has all the tools, all the training, but she isn't being authentic. And they feel like Cassie O has an incredible voice. I mean, she loves to hear her own voice, um, but she just has so little stage presence. And it ultimately and they're, comes they're, down to they're her. right about that. Yeah. yeah. Cassie O is eliminated. The light above her headshot is turned off mm. and it's time for her to take her walk, you know? Um, and that's where episode two ends. I even know this is her goodbye was heartbreaking. Like, I think she's, she, she's like my dreams where I've been shattered. Like it's, she, it's, it's dark. Well, her goodbye is also, um, they play home by Daughtry. Mm. I'm going home to the place where I belong. Yeah. And it's hilarious um, as she's crying, running out. Well, they give her and like for, for the first couple episodes, they do like a dramatic montage outro with like clips from the show. And then they just stop doing that later on when they start sending the girls home. They just stop giving them that dramatic outro moment. But she was particularly heartbreaking. And the girls do just continue to hammer home that this is their one shot. This is their one chance. And there are no second chances on Broadway. <laughs> In case you forgot. <laughs> it's depressing. And also, it's not true. It's not like this is their only opportunity to ever be an actress. In fact, many of the girls go on to do incredible things. I'm going home to the place that I call home. And if something else is home, I call it home. That was really fucking good. I can't believe you don't have a record deal. That was House by Mr. Daughter. I mean, Daughtry. <laughs> uh, are you a big Daughtry fan? Were you a big American Idol guy? I'm not a Daughtry fan at all. I don't I don't know who Daughtry is. He's, he's, he's long hair, early, whatever, early winter. He's definitely bald. Oh. <laughs> I, I, there was there was so there's so much um grit in his voice i just assumed lengthy hair he's a white bald man who competed on american idol but i think was like top five or six or seven or eight or something and then went on to make the band daughtry i mean he's proof that there are second chances for mm-hmm. <laughs> losers because he went home and it was the place that he called home and he's still like <laughs> got a career exactly exactly uh i was gonna say um i i liked uh i watched american for the first few seasons i I was not the first first really but um you weren't there for the crowning of the american idol miss kelly clarkson herself i don't don't think i was but i think we i got into it like two second two three four seasons two three four maybe did you see carrie underwood um, I don't, maybe not. Uh, I remember, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm the, the, uh, who's, who's that, who's, who's that singer? God, American Idol. Um, I'm here for your entertainment. Yeah, Adam, Adam, uh. Lam, not Lambert. Adam Lambert, yeah. Yeah, Adam Lambert. Um, and Dave, David, David Archuleta. David Archuleta was adorable. Yeah. And that song, his single, I uh, slapped. I love that song. <laughs> Were you there for Jordan Sparks? No. 
Uh, Crush, that David Archuleta song. Slaps. <laughs> okay. I love knowing that you are a huge David Archuleta Crush fan. <laughs> Just that one song, yeah. It colors you in a very specific way that I enjoy. Thank you. So episode three is called, Oh My God, She Threw Us Under the Bus. Lindsay and the other girl and Cassie S come back from the elimination. And Lindsay feels like she has a leg up on the other girls now because she's faced the elimination. So she has that like kick to really drive her to work harder, which I appreciate her, you know, putting that positive spin on a sad situation. Hmm. The girls don't really get why Cassie S is back. (laughs) Bailey has her little bad girl moment in her talking head where she says that she doesn't think Cassie S possesses any of Elwood's qualities. Um, Well, Bailey, if you were paying attention, you would know that Cassie S is awesome, blossom, fabulous, fantastic, which are very Elwood's things. I mean, I appreciate that this is basically Bailey saying that she thinks that Cassie S isn't nice, isn't smart, isn't dateable, isn't pretty. Like, what are what are Elle Wood's qualities, right? She is a smart, driven, hardworking, positive. Right, tenderhearted. Tenderhearted person. And, Bailey- and Cassie S is entitled and negative and mean and doesn't do girls. And her talent She's is... nothing of the sort. Exactly. Yeah, I did appreciate the moment where Cassie S says that, you know, she doesn't really do girls. She doesn't really have, like, girlfriends. Which is like, who are you hanging out with then? Because it's not... You don't strike me as a guy's girl. So it's, it's so like- hard to picture her hanging out with guys. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. who are you hanging out with? I guess just gay men. Her and white gays. I can picture it, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like those, Un- those, those gay men self-hate if they hang out with her. So they give snaps for their fallen sister. <laughs> and now it's it's time for more vocal training. And in this episode... Which, they by the have- way, uh, to jump in, they, uh, they have that sit-down with Cassie S. They have a group... Oh, wait, that hasn't happened yet. That's in the next episode. don't worry don't worry her time will come please continue i apologize for interrupting no worries so they they have to in this episode for their challenge they have to sing while cycling soul cycle style they have to belt and really gesticulate really give a performance while pedaling very quickly on the back of a bike fascinating because emma is (laughs) emma is uh as we speak a master soul cycle instructor She's a soul cycle instructor? Like, she's like nowadays she is, yeah. I just looked at her Instagram. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, I love that for her. Well, they all do a pretty good job. I was impressed with this. Um, besides Cassie S, which, and Lindsay, which I thought for me were a mess. I'll just say it. Mm. But um, it feels like another genius reality TV moment. It feels like this is what all of the current day pop girls should undergo. They all need to do this training. Right. Emma points out that she just quit smoking. Again, you know, she reminds us that, you know, she just quit smoking. But all of the girls in their talking heads seem to think that Emma should have won the challenge. They all think that she did an amazing job. It's once again, just dirty editing. It's like we get a clip of her kind of sounding winded. And then, of course all the girls think that she's amazing. It's, it's they're the way they undermine Emma on this show. It's sick. <laughs> it's, it's infuriating. <laughs> well, I'm like, is, is it, 
here's my question for you all as as professionals in this field. Um, <laughs> like like I know, obviously I think Emma Emma I think is plays up her her uh her bronchitis and stuff her, her smoking stuff. Uh I think A cuz she she likes pity and she's playing that card. But I also feel like she's aware that the show likes the drama. Um, so I didn't know. I was also like, are they going to intentionally? Is she going to be kept around longer because the uh, producers want the drama? Well, that's the thing. Early on, from from episode one, when she is chosen, because they only show us her making excuses, saying kind of really funny but catty things and not performing well, it seems like she's a producer pick in order to um, add more drama to the show. But clearly she's really talented. So Mm -hmm. I I do see it as a mix of her probably wanting more screen time. But also, I mean, ultimately it is just a good way to excuse an elimination if it comes, right? It's like, I killed it, but I only failed because I just quit smoking. I haven't taken dance classes in seven years and I have every ailment known to man. Quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does say that at one point. It's like, girl, why are you here? Right, right. <laughs> why are you here if you don't take dance classes? This is Broadway. It's just a little bit like, don't waste our time. But apparently she is really talented because the girls are always talking about how they think she's a front runner. We just, as an audience, don't get to see that. So mm-hmm. I do think it's an editing thing. Ultimately, Lauren, the 18-year-old, wins the challenge. I guess she has the best breath control. She sounded like she was yelling to me. I'll say it. I'll say it. She always she always sounds like she's yelling to me, but the judges love her singing, so we're missing something, I guess. I mean, she's got a powerful... Wait, wait, Lauren. Uh, I'm thinking of... Um... Jamie Lynn Spears with the frown. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Uh, I think she's got a powerful voice. It's not really controlled, though. It's really powerful, but doesn't have that Elle Woods personality. No. Mm-hmm. But she gets to have a Manny Petty with Orphe, who is the actress who plays um, Jennifer Coolidge's character, which, you know, she's a... Paulette. A mani- yeah, Paulette. So she's a manicurist in the movie, but in the musical, she's a hairstylist. I loved her. I thought she was a super fun presence. Well, just... she seems so normal. I think that Nikki comes off. She kind of feeds into the manic theater-esque energy, but Orphe comes off really grounded and like, okay. She does have some fabulous two-tone hair that's like brown in the bla- in the back and blonde in the front, which I liked. And she brings uh, Cassie on the the manicure run. Right, because she thinks that Cassie needs a pick-me-up. Right. <laughs> an elimination. I guess Lindsay doesn't deserve the same courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and same, it's like, I feel like it's like these 18 and 19-year-old with this woman who's like uh, old, old, you know, an old dog, Broadway dog in her 40s. And they're like, how do you, is it hard? And she's like, yeah, it can be hard. And they're like, thank you so much. You know. Like, None of the rewards seem like just important it seems like all the conversations getting to meet members of the cast but it just doesn't seem like any of the conversations they have are are worth anything the next day they have to belt it out for the judges while doing some light choreo i would say there's some dancing involved but it's not like crazy but they do have to sing and dance at the same time 
And the big twist is that all the girls have to sing back up for each other. So they have to practice being L, but then they also have to practice doing the ensemble. I liked this because to me, it just suggested that they couldn't really afford to bring in an ensemble. <laughs> but it is good to challenge the girls to have to support each other and learn multiple parts. So they rehearse, rehearse, rehearse all day. When it comes time for Cassie S to rehearse, Bailey's losing her voice. So she sits it out. She doesn't sing backup for Cassie, which Cassie finds incredibly offensive. And during the entire episode, they are certainly pitting Bailey against Cassie. Yeah, I mean, Bailey doesn't think Cassie deserves to be there. She doesn't embody Elle Woods. She doesn't embody a single quality of Elle Woods. So it's time for them to perform. They all have to sing back up for each other. I thought that Natalie, the little petite one, and Autumn, our 28-year-old. The the elder of the group. Yeah. These, and these are the two brunettes, which I like. I thought that they sounded the best. I noted that. I thought they gave the best vocal. Um, Autumn's not a dancer, but she brings it for this audition. And the judges say that they think Bailey is a little bit too Disney. You know, they like her, but she's just like a little bit too bubbly. I get it. She has a She does have a Disney Parks energy, you know? And they think that Emma is too harsh, you know, too, they think she comes across as too mean mm-hmm. the way that she performs the song. Cause there's like a little sassy moment. They think she's a little bit too edgy. And they say that Rhiannon is a joyologist. That's the word they use for Rhiannon. Because she's just so watchable. She's so adorable. It doesn't really matter if she can sing or dance. Cause she just has that it factor. <laughs> and Cassie S, in my opinion, is a mess. It's too stiff, <laughs> too stiff. The vocal's not hitting for me. I liked her a lot as a person. I should know at this point, I was just like, I was rooting for her because of the bows that she wears in her hair, because she's awesome, blossom, fabulous, fantastic. I just like, I want to root for her. I like that she's true to herself. Um, But the, the judges do something really tricky. They're kind of like, they always have a little something up their sleeve, which I like. Mm-hmm. They ask her who she doesn't think deserves to be there. You know, oh, they, so they, want, they want her to throw a bitch under the bus. They're like, so who, who would you send home? If not you, then who? Who should we send home instead? And she refuses to name names, which I really appreciate. She opens the doorway because she says something along the lines of like, you know, I'm I'm really supporting the other girls, but I don't get the same treatment in return. And they're like, oh, so who do you think isn't? <laughs> yeah. You know, like she she makes a comment that first throws all the girls under the bus. They ask her a direct question and then she's kind of scrambling to deliver an Elwoods-esque response. Mm. Yeah. So in an effort to not name names, she ends up just kind of throwing all the girls under the bus and saying that like she just doesn't think that they support her the way she supports them. Which this is going to prove to be a huge issue for the rest of the girls. Um, I also noted that I thought Lindsay did not sound good. Um, Selena does a pretty good job, but her voice cracks at one point. And we do notice that she's having some trouble with the criticism from the judges. She just thinks they're really mean and that they don't treat them like real people. She does have a cry, have a, have a, have a, uh, yeah, she does 
have that like, yeah, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a real person breakdown. I mean, yeah. I get it because the criticism is harsh. I mean, these judges mm-hmm. are very honest, but ultimately I do think that they're pretty nice. Like they give raw criticism, but they're nice people. And I, I don't know. I felt, I always felt like they were really rooting for the girls. It didn't seem like overly mean to me, but I could be missing something. But it is another thing where it's like, there's so much in the reality TV editing that we're not seeing. Like we're not seeing so many, because again, Cassie S, like you said, was is presented as a bad performer but she's there for a reason right she beat out all these other 50 plus girls um and i'm sure they they gave selena like a harsher note that we don't see that led her to tears so our bottom three is lauren because she's too pouty emma because she's too new york city and she needs to be a little bit more la and Lindsay, because despite really looking the part and, and you know, embodying Elle Woods, she just doesn't, they're not sure if she really has the chops to be a leading lady on Broadway. And ultimately, Lindsay ends up going home. Um, I, I didn't blink. I think the show does a really good job of every, it's, every elimination doesn't feel like exactly predictable, but every elimination feels correct it, it feels like sense. like it they are prioritizing yeah. yeah they want to get the best l episode four is titled it's time to get serious and in this opening the girls are back home they're at the loft they're waiting to see what's happening and all of them are were really shocked that emma was in the bottom three because to them she is a front runner and once the the girls return um it's time to confront cassie s brett do you want to do you want to take the reins? Well, I just, I, yeah, they, they, they sit her down and they're like, you can't, you can't do that. We all, you made us all look bad. We did support you. She was like, you know, yeah, this is, she lost her voice, but I was there the other, you know, um, Autumn again, kind of taking the lead on this um, leadership, leadership role. I felt like mm-hmm. one of them, maybe Autumn and Bailey, maybe there are a couple people, but um, I was impressed that they did, that they did a group uh, addressing of it, like um, that. To me, that that was that's 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 a that's a mature way to to do it because I think that could have easily been milked for, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of a lot of drama, a lot of you know, screw her, did it this. So, but but well, to any get, other reality show, this would have been seen as a ganging up. You know, why are the girls ganging up on me? <laughs> Mm-hmm. If Cassius was thinking, if she was thinking about that screen time, she would know. She would have, she would have pulled that. <laughs> but yeah, so they sit her down. Cassius reveals that she's just not a girl's girl. Like this is hard for her. Um, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. So in this episode's workshop, the girls are going to have to test their bond with Elle Woods's best friend, Bruiser. So they are tasked with taking home the show dogs. There's two of them that they use for bruiser. I don't like chihuahuas. I often think they look too ratty for me to offer them any love. Uh, But one of the chihuahuas was really cute. I have to say it. So they take these dogs home. It made it to Broadway. I should hope it's it's got something going on. Right, right. And they 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 just have to bond with the dog, and then the next day they have to like perform a few like tests with the dog. So autumn 
of course, being the most, the sweetest, most maternal of the bunch, wins the workshop. She's a natural with animals. And her reward is a doggy date with Richard Blake, who is the actor that plays Warner Huntington III in Legally Blonde the Musical. He is, of course, the boy that Elle chases to Harvard or follows to Harvard. And on the doggy date, um, again, most of their conversations are just so boring and insipid that I don't take note. But I thought it was really funny when Autumn asked him, you know, what's the best and quickest way to build chemistry? And with a deadpan face, um, Richard Blake says, uh, I like to make out with someone. Right. Quick. He was quick with that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been around the block. Mm-hmm. The girls begin rehearsing for their next audition, and this is a singing acting challenge. They have to do the serious number from Legally Blonde the musical, and this is the song where Elle thinks that Warner's going to propose, and in fact, he's breaking up with her um, because she's not serious enough. You know, he needs to date someone serious because he's going to be a lawyer. Such a good song, too. I love it. So Emma's chest is a mess by this point. She's not feeling well. She mentions that it may have to do with the fact that she just quit smoking, which I didn't know that. I didn't know that if you quit smoking, you cough a lot, but that seems to be a thing according to Emma. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually she does go to the doctor and it is revealed that she does have bronchitis, but she's not going to let it hold her back. While rehearsing, the pianist doesn't think that Bailey is hitting the emotional marks. And I think he's right. You know, I think Bailey has a habit of phoning it in. I think she's very talented. She's, again, very sweet, very endearing. Um, But, you know, it seems like she is playing the role of Laura Bell Bundy playing Elle Woods. Mm. Even, I mean, even, I don't know. That's why I was surprised that she won the quote-unquote acting challenge in the last episode. Because I feel like she only got it because... Maybe she had, she was, she did a good job getting rid of her Southern accent. So when I look at Bailey, I don't think good actress. Right. Or I think, I know what, I think, I think good, I think good. I don't think uh, gonna blow me, I don't expect her to blow me away. I thought that she was really well-rounded in the sense that she is a good singer and a good dancer and she can act, Mm -hmm. but she's not blowing me away at any of the three things individually. Right. She's not the best singer or the best dancer or the best actress, but she can do all three. Whereas some of the girls obviously falter in certain areas. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The pianist doesn't think that Bailey's hitting the emotional marks in the song. You know, we need to feel, um, you know, the devastation of just being broken up with. So he tells her, um, none of the judges wanted you back this week. And it's such a harsh blow. It's a clip that has been teased in the promos. It's like, oh my God. And, and they, in the promos, they, they, you hear that, that sound bite. None of the judges wanted you back this week. And then they cut to like a picture of Cassie S crying, which I liked. <laughs> but no, this is being said to Bailey. But it is in fact a joke. Because her face drops, the pianist laughs, and he's like, that's what we want to see. That's the emotion we're trying to get at. That that bitch. (laughs) At the audition, Rhiannon kills it. The thing is that I don't actually think that she killed it. Like, when I watch that clip, I don't, it does nothing for me. But the judges think that Rhiannon kills it. Cassie S. is awful. Um, She comes off whiny. Um, It's borderline unwatchable. And the judges found it to be not funny, not relatable. They tell her that they don't see 
Cassie as L, which in a hilarious moment, Cassie nods her head and is like, okay, so, so I wasn't in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, girl, that's not what they said. <laughs> like, uh, um, they thought that Lauren was really fun and had a unique take on the character. They thought Bailey was fabulous, but they, they need more variety out of Bailey. Like, it just seems like, girl, this is episode four. We've seen it. Emma, despite, this is when she says she has every ailment known to man. Of course, that being bronchitis, smoking, and um, being from New York. Being from New York. Um, One of the most severe ailments. <laughs> she blows the judges away. The list is announced, and at the bottom are Cassie, of course, duh. Selena, who the judges have been struggling with. You know, they just struggle to see her as Elle. Mm-hmm. Because she's, she's too much of a rocker. She's tall. She's a rocker. She's red hair. Yeah. And Autumn. And the entire episode, Autumn has been very confident. She has felt like she's got the voice and she's got the acting. Those are her two biggest skills out of the three, out of the triple three, right? Those are where she feels comfortable. But she just, it, it wasn't it. It wasn't it. Um, in the casting room... The judges tell Cassie that she feels like an understudy or a swing, which is something that clearly offends her. She's so upset. She's so upset. She gets so angry. There's a really funny line in the first episode of Difficult People where the two leads go and see like a matinee of Annie and they realize that it's the understudy and there's like a kid next to them who's like what's an understudy and both of them turn to this child just in absolute rage and say disappointment (laughs) (laughs) which i found funny but at the end of the day they eliminate selena um they just don't think that she is l and in a surprising turn of events they're not eliminating one girl they're eliminating two i love that and, and we know where this is heading. They turn to our girl, who ended up not being awesome, blossom, fabulous, fantastic. Cassie S, you are cut. Turn off the headshot light. You're out of here. And she, out of all the girls cut, is the most furious. She does not leave gracefully. She says that she adapted to every single note the judges gave her and just doesn't understand where they're coming from. So Selena, you know, I started out liking Selena and and the attitude and kind of different. And I was like, and I was like, oh, they're going to have chops because they're they got a couple years of doing this. But yeah, she, I felt like um, she wasn't a very good actor from the clips that we are given. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like she never got she she never got past her own specialness in the competition to to really really invest. I felt like. Ultimately, I never felt like she wanted it as much as the other girls. Yep. Because she doesn't really embody Elle Woods. But I will jump to just saying now that she has had a very successful career post this show. And she is currently on in a leading role on Snowpiercer, the television show. Mm-hmm. And she has Tony Awards. She's a Tony Award winner and a Grammy Award nominee. So she made it. And I, I like that because she did stand out to me from the beginning as being one of the more interesting girls. Mm-hmm. And even though she didn't make it very far in this competition, I'm happy to see that she has had great success. And ultimately, she is the most successful, I think, out of all of the girls in the cast now, today. 
Correct. That's true. Thank you for listening to Dearly Departed. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe on your preferred pod listening platform and check out our Instagram page at Dearly Departed The Pod. And if you're feeling extra saucy, leave us a review and make sure to share with friends, family, and even enemies. Now, back to the nonsense. Fabulous. Awesome, blossom, fabulous, fantastic. (laughs) So, episode five was a really fun one for me because it's the dancing episode. I have a preference for dance musicals. I like to see bitches jumping in the air, leaping, running, tapping. This is my kind of stuff. Like which, what, what kind of, like, which, give me some examples. Well, we just watched Newsies last night. Okay. Which has a lot of acrobatics, you know, a lot of backflips, a lot of toe touches, leaping in the air. Um, I just, I like classic Broadway dancing. I think the choreo in Legally Blonde is not as crazy bold and challenging as i would personally like sure but the songs are really involved so it makes sense why l woods can't be jumping in the air because she's right Mm -hmm. but you like cats i love cats i mean i love anything with ballet also um anything any musical that leans heavily on the dance element is going to be my preference you didn't care too much for a chorus line, but that that movie is, you know, hit or miss. Well, I thought the movie was bloated, but I loved the dancing. I love a chorus line. And the episode is called These Pink Boots Are Made for Dancing. Legendary. This said pink boots, I feel like were a big part of the promotion, right? Like, that's the search for Elle Woods. Mm. Bam, pink boots, dancing. Fill her. Fill her shoes. <laughs> right. I adore these pink go-go boots. I want them. So the girls go in to have a dance rehearsal and they get to meet the assistant choreographer, Nick, who is a hottie. He's wearing a sleeveless shirt. He has a curly sort of wavy mullet, which is a really bold choice for 2008. I love it on him. I really do. He's really handsome and he's a sight for sore eyes, you know, after just like staring at so many women. It's like a, a hunky man. Thank you. <laughs> he is brutal i would say he <laughs> challenges the girls i mean he straight up says to them multiple times you're not working hard enough you mm-hmm. need to work harder he's pushing them in a way that i didn't really see the other um, coaches pushing them which i appreciate it's very clear that emma's health is going to be a huge issue because they're doing combinations and she keeps having to step off to the side to blow her nose At one point, she needs to, like, cough into a cup. So she has stuff that she has to hack up. But it it was one of those things where (laughs) it feels like she made it a point for everyone to know. Like, literally in the middle of a combination. It's like, oh, guys, excuse me, I need a cup. Hold on one second, yeah. And it's like, girl, you already admitted you haven't had a dance class in, like, seven years. I did appreciate that she's really apologetic, and Nick the choreographer says don't apologize for anything ever (laughs) which i liked i liked that advice from him i thought it was really funny they ultimately they're very nice to her about this coughing situation i would tell her to go home i'd be like girl you're okay but do we think it comes from a genuine oh my god she's sick like i feel so bad for her or it's like thank god like we can be nice to her because it's like you're no longer competition Mm. You mean the other girls or the or the other people on the show? 
I mean, I think that the girls, I guess, from that reasoning. Mm. I think the coaches are nice to her. They, they are. And the judges. Which I... They obviously, they obviously see something in her that we're not seeing. I Also, my, my other theory was, I think just smoking is more common on Broadway than we think it is. Like, I think a lot of... Or we... I don't know. I'm making an assumption, but... Like I think, Us people in the industry. Yeah, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of people in musical theater smoke, or 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 more than you might think because it's such the opposite of using your voice and using your breath. Um, so I, I, that's why that was my take on the non-girls' reaction to her being like, "I'm getting past over smoking." They're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. No, and I do think you're right. It's one of those things where I thought it was brave of her to admit it on this mtv reality show but i also cast that judgment like as somebody who has been a smoker in the past so i'm bringing my own experience i'm not trying to just judge her for being a smoker because i do know it's hard to quit and it does affect your health and i liked her and i was rooting for her but i was just surprised that how not hard on her the judges were and how they don't really call her out for making excuses yeah, right, right. Surprisingly little. Um, quit your quit your complaining and and deliver. This yeah. is Broadway. <laughs> exactly. So they learn the dance, and then it's time to up the ante. And Nick tells them that they're gonna have to put on four inch pink go go boots and dance the routine on the cobblestone streets of Brooklyn. <laughs> now I was expecting them to be in public in Brooklyn having people sort of react to the fact that they're dancing in the middle of the street but it looks like they bring them out to a parking lot or some kind of hidden alleyway because there's nobody around mm-hmm. well of course the the point of all of this is so that the girls know what it's like to dance on a stage that has so many tracks that has you know um wires. elevators wires mm-hmm. yeah rough terrain so Natalie ends up winning. Tiny Natalie, the the short brunette. Um, she just has the best energy. She's nailing all the moves, but she also really appears to be enjoying herself, which I noticed as well. She seemed like the only girl who was having fun and wasn't complaining about wearing the heels. Mm. She's also a girl that doesn't get a lot of screen time. Yeah, she doesn't. But uh, Nick is really impressed with her and she's shocked to win. She th- She says that she was not expecting to get noticed for her dancing. And her prize is that she gets to have relaxing yoga with the actress who plays Vivian in Legally Blonde. And Natalie says, I love yoga. Yoga makes me feel really good. <laughs> so we know that she's super grateful for this reward. A, a profound statement, if I've ever No, no, I was, I, 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 I had to pause the show and really kind of chew, mull it over after she said mm-hmm. it. Well, it's, I, it's, it's once <laughs> it just feels like the editors like tee hee heeing, just being like, yes, this is a musical in which people underestimate, you know, the pretty girl, but let's also include this clip of this girl sounding kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> now I didn't know anything about her reward with Vivian because it wasn't notable. Next day they have to learn really in depth choreo from the shake your junk section of the musical this involves a lot of shaking your junk as well as an improvisational moment where they have to improv their own little dance and 
the choreographer says that nobody shakes their junk like Nick. I got heavy, I got heavy vibes from the choreographer and the assistant choreographer. I just feel like there's something going on with them. Oh, history, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, they're both gay men and they both kind of look a little bit similar, so. We know what that's a recipe for. <laughs> it tracks. Mm-hmm. So the girls only get one hour to rehearse, which is not a lot of time to learn such an involved piece. So they all go home to the hotel and then they just keep rehearsing and keep rehearsing because they're freaking out. Um, especially Autumn, who is not a great dancer. And of course, uh, my girl, Emma, who's never had a dance class or hasn't had one in the last five years. But when they get back to the hotel, there is a sheet asking them to do a peer review on each other. Basically, they need to write I'm down... I'm obsessed with this gimmick. They have to write down who they think is the worst singer, the worst dancer, who doesn't deserve to be there, who has the worst attitude, who's the most likely to backstab. And the girls freak out about this because they say, rightly so, this is not in the spirit of Elle. This is not something that Elle Woods would do. Do we think if Cassie S was still there, they would have all been like, great, Cassie S, Cassie S, backstabber Cassie S? Probably. <laughs> this was a moment where I realized just how much camaraderie there is between these girls. For sure. I mean, even again, uh, I feel like Autumn took this leadership, uh, the leadership thing again. Of mm-hmm. like, no, we're gonna we're gonna make this right, and I'm gonna whip out a whiteboard that I have for some reason, and gonna, <laughs> you know, yeah, fix it up. It's so sweet. So first, Lauren has a breakdown. She starts really like scream crying, fully it, weeping. The natural progression of the frown that she's been carrying the entire right, show. Right. I mean, she's young and she's under a lot of stress and she just feels like these questions are all targeting her and that she knows that she's the weakest link. She's not. She's just simply not the weakest link. And all the girls comfort her and they're like, Lauren, like, we don't see you that way. We don't think you're the weak link. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, Autumn has this amazing idea. Let's change the questions. Let's say, who do we think is the most improved? Who do we think is the best dancer? Who do we think has shown the most growth? And so they all vote and answer the questions with a little positive spin. And multiple people can get chosen. Yeah. It seems like everyone makes the board except for Emma. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that too. So... They rehearse all night. They don't get much sleep. And the next day, it's time to dance. Lauren does a great job, according, according to the judges. Rhiannon doesn't hit. She's just a little bit sloppy. She's a little bit messy. You know, she's not getting the footwork right. Bailey, according to the judges, is fabulous. She is noted as being one of the best dancers. Mm-hmm. She just gets all the choreo correct. She loves hip hop. She loves hip hop. It's funny. It's lighthearted. Her improv moment is a little bit sexy, which they like. She has the all the elements of L. Um, and then Autumn wasn't confident enough. You know, she's not a trained dancer, and they could just see that she seemed low energy and and not bold and confident. And right after they tell her this. She runs off stage into the bathroom and vomits. It's so, 
it was a very i laugh but it was like a very kind of oh that's so sad oh this poor girl because of you know the things that run through the judge's mind are like oh my god like can she not handle the criticism is she you know like is she breaking down it's like maybe she just got sick but now of course all of you think that she's weak in some way it was very abrupt and i guess she was very nervous from the from the dance yeah i felt bad for her and afterwards she does kind of suggest that it was nerves that made her vomit um but it could also just be from dancing all day and if you're if you're dancing too much on like an empty stomach it can really shake some shit up down there so the judges are nice to her about it and the show must go on Mm -hmm. emma ultimately just doesn't doesn't hit and she ends up going home there aren't enough excuses yeah i mean they're having bronchitis isn't enough of an excuse <laughs> for not being the best i thought she took her elimination well me too by this point i feel like it, it was a weird shift for me because at the beginning i feel like you brett i was having a really open mind i was like i'm gonna let you know the star emerge as opposed to force myself to pick one. And from the beginning, it feels like there were like, all these girls are talented. All these girls want it. These girls are very sweet. Um, any of them could be L. And then by the midpoint, it just feels, it kind of is like, okay, but do any of these girls have it? Do any of these girls have what it takes to fill in the shoes of Laura Bell Bundy? For sure. Also, because the judges were so, um, uh, which I like too, but especially when they were just talking to each other about the the casting, they were like, they were they were not holding back with being like, everyone's everyone has is shitty in this way, in this other mm-hmm. way, in this way. I like there wasn't like I was also like, is anyone good? You know, at some point. Well, it, it's it's the thing of it seems like they really wanted to cast a quote unquote unknown or someone who hasn't been on Broadway before. So it's like, yeah, these girls need work, of course. Um, but it's like, what do you expect? It also feels like an, um, a a direct result of having such a long audition process. It's like, yeah, the more that you test these girls, the more times you're giving them to mess up. Right. Like, I, I think I think of the note that they give Bailey, right? They feel like she's not giving enough variety. But it's like, okay, if she had just had three or four auditions, all, you would have just been like, she's brilliant. <laughs> you're, you're right two songs they've practiced a bunch already again or just like you're saying like yeah like all right you had two hours with the with the dance instructor and then you go home and you have one night to learn the dance like of course they're gonna be like well that was that wasn't the best we've seen it done um also Haley duff going like she kept doing these numbers thing i'm like it's a lot don't put yourself under this pressure Haley. where she'd be like there's eight girls in front of me and three of you have left and then she's like, and, and then they call a name and she's like, now there's seven of you and four, <laughs> four of you have left. And I'm like, you're going to get tangled up real soon, Haley. Be careful. Uh, okay. Well, my God, down to the nitty gritty, down to the last three episodes. Here we go. Episode six is titled Blonde to the Bone. And um, back at the loft, the girls are really shocked um, and to some extent disappointed to see Autumn return, which I thought was hilarious. They just cannot believe that Emma 
was sent home. So at this moment, Autumn chooses to confront Rhiannon for essentially manifesting. We get a flashback to the last episode in the dressing room. Rhiannon, in front of all the girls, kept saying, I'm not going home. I'm not going home. And Autumn, you know, felt this was really disrespectful because she was essentially saying that someone else is going home. Which is the truth. So maybe they should just get used to it. It was just a really bizarre thing to confront someone over. The next morning, the girls are sent to a salon because it's time to even the playing field. I was never aware that the brunettes um, had a huge roadblock. It doesn't seem like the judges ever really cared. Um, but apparently it's a big deal. So Autumn and Natalie have to go blonde. Um, and, you know, you think that it's going to be this huge, dramatic, top model makeover crying moment. But the one who ends up being the most upset is Bailey, who cries over what I would describe as an unnoticeable trim because the bitch looks exactly the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's emotionally attached to her hair, which is definitely a thing, but it's just unfortunate for us that we couldn't see a single difference between her before and after the haircut. <laughs> so after this, the girls meet with Laura Bell Bundy, and it's a really emotional scene where Laura Bell seems to, she, she gets really emotional thinking about how much playing the role of Elle Woods has changed her life and what she's taken out of it. And in this moment, I did have a little conspiracy theory, like seeds sprout in my brain, that Laura Bell was not leaving on her own accord, that that maybe they were realizing ticket sales aren't good. What can we do? Reality show. We got a cast of UL Woods. Let's get her out of here. That's just where my brain went. Um, again, there's no fact to back this up. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's noted that she left to pursue a country music career. But... Yeah, she does she does get really emotional over how much she loves the character of Elle Woods and how much she's grown from playing Elle and really connected with the character. For the workshop this episode, the girls are all put into the same kind of hideous outfit. Can I answer? And they was Autumn the only one who actually went blonde then? Autumn and Natalie both went blonde. Oh and Natalie, okay. Yeah. So they are both they both get like yellow hair. Um Autumn, in fact, hates her blonde do um, for a reason because it looks bad. I just like, don't understand. Did they not have time to tone the hair? Why is it so yellow? Doesn't look right. And then the other girls just got like blonder. And they like got times. they got a touch up. Yeah. So for the workshop, same outfit. They have to do a marketing photo shoot, and they all do really fun different poses. Bailey just copies Laura Bell Bundy's pose, um, which the photographers loved. It's all about consistency, y'all. Think smarter, not harder. Um, but ultimately, Autumn is um, the standout because she chooses to stand on the books. You mean Natalie? Yes. Excuse me. Natalie is the standout because she stands on the books. Some may say that she does this because she's short, but some may see this as an act of genius. Right. I personally see it as an act of genius. I felt like you would. <laughs> the reward is going on a dinner date with the actor who plays Emmett. During the rehearsal for their audition, which is going to be the duet, 
um, in Act Two, titled Legally Blonde, in which Elle has just been sexually harassed by her boss and fired from her internship because she wouldn't sleep with her boss. Um, so she's going home. It's the emotional heart of the musical. Right, it's the big emotional number. And during the rehearsal, Autumn has a huge breakthrough, as she would say. She realizes something that has been plaguing her for a long time. She's not good at auditioning. I did laugh out loud at this revelation uh, because it just seems kind of like something you should know. It doesn't seem like a breakthrough, you know, but I'm not an actor. (laughs) I would not not audition. Yeah. I would not, I would not consider, um, Oh, I'm not good at auditions. A breakthrough unless I was really, I really thought I was good at auditions. Then it would be breakthrough. If I wrongly thought I was really good at them, and then all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, I'm bad. That's a breakthrough. If, But no one, auditions are hard, and they, it, you, you know, you always kind of suck. And maybe, yeah, I mean, she's feeling it, especially because she's doing it, you know, every day for these people, I guess. Well, so that brings me another question. As in, as someone who auditions, do you see this process as an opportunity where you get to show more of your strengths, more of your abilities, or does it feel like more opportunity for you to fail? Like if I was in this competition? Yeah, or just a competition, the, the, the general structure of this audition. Uh, I feel like it would be, I, first and foremost, I feel like uh, my flaws would just become uh, readily apparent much faster than if I can, you know what I mean? In one audition, right. or maybe even with a callback, you can sell for a little sleight of hand and, and you know, they interpret a face I make as like, oh, that was a good emotional moment. And I was just like, I was freaking <laughs> out. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, I'm like, some, you know, I've, I've sent in tapes for self-tapes for stuff. And I'm like, the self-taping process is... Like I, it's acting practice too. Like I'm, I'm getting strengths out of auditioning as well. So I think it's, I think, um, like, I think I'll get stronger at auditioning, doing the process that they're doing in this, but also like my flaws would become more and more apparent to anyone who's seeing me over and over. I think you're perfect. Thank you. During the rehearsal for this, you know, big emotional duet, Lauren and Natalie get really overwhelmed um, because the song is all about confronting the reality that people just see them as pretty girls, as dumb, et cetera, et cetera. You know, only being valued for their looks. and Just kind of, a pretty face. And just wanting, the song is all about just wanting to be free to be who you are. You know, just let me be legally blonde. Um, so Lauren and Natalie get really overwhelmed. They start crying. They can't finish the song. Um, it touches them. You know, Lauren is so young and she just feels like that's how people see her. And Natalie feels like now that she is a blonde, she's so close to becoming Elle Woods that it's being ripped away from her for not being good enough. Things like that. At the audition, at, in front of the judges, Autumn nails it. She fucking kills it. And this is the first moment for me where I'm like, oh, that's why she's here, right? Because up until now, it's just like, she keeps getting by. I don't see her as Elle. People keep talking about her vocal talent. And this is the first time we really get to see it. 
Yeah, I thought she was really excellent. She hit all the emotional beats too. It was very moving. This is what she thought she was going to do during the serious number, you know, the combination of acting and singing. But this was the moment that she got. Um, Natalie, unfortunately, did not. Um, She came off really one note. It was hard to watch. And they kept replaying arguably the worst section of the song. Side note, sidebar. That's another thing that I will give this show credit for. I feel like because other reality competition shows rely so much on the drama, right? The, the inner castmate drama that you don't get to see kind of the more of the competition elements where I feel like because the girls mostly get along, we get to see so much of the actual auditioning, which is really entertaining and engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with each girl, we get to see different portions of the audition. We're not watching the same. I mean, in certain sections, we see like them all have to hit the big note, right? Or a blend of them hitting the big note. But it it is interesting. It was only that too. I'm like, how do they? Just just I'm glad they cut it because I do, I do feel like I generally I wasn't wishing for more. Like, but I but it but they do like it's tricky but i think they do a good job cutting between seeing us seeing showing us them performing and also not being like this is three quarters of the episode right right and i will say i feel like for me i i I hope it's come across how much i enjoyed watching this show um i feel like it's definitely up there for me with like the real housewives of dc in terms of shows that we've watched on this podcast i think watching really bubbly bubbly girls kind of belt over and over again can be grating um but i did thoroughly enjoy it yeah it's not really the type of singing that i most enjoy but this was the moment for me where i understood why autumn was such a standout because she has the most sort of pretty sounding voice that's a little bit deeper and has she's better breath control it feels less screechy and less shrill and more controlled and it's just really nice to listen to also having to listen to girls belt with just a piano and no other like background supporting vocals can sound a bit tough at times it sounds wrong it sounds odd and i'm like this doesn't sound good to me but it's just because it's missing those other elements from the songs that i'm so used to um Rhiannon. This is the moment where we realize that Rhiannon um, doesn't have the vocal chops. I don't know how it took six episodes, but this is the moment where we realize that Rhiannon doesn't have the breath control. It She's scratchy. It's not supported well. Um, and it was a disappointment, I feel like, because up until then, Rhiannon was a front runner. It's hard. It's, it's seeing her uh, act out of breath. Uh, it's it's when they cut to close-ups on performances it's gonna be it's it's, it's awkward yeah yeah and this is the same audition that bailey um they didn't they didn't feel like bailey's acting was sincere so those three girls rhiannon natalie and bailey are sent to the bottom and ultimately they're sent to the casting office and ultimately it is natalie who is sent home she will be missed. You know, in the same episode where she won the prize, she then lost. But at least she has a fresh new do that hopefully she doesn't hate. She was disappointed that she went blonde for nothing. <laughs> so I want to jump right into episode seven, which is called Triple Threat Test. 
which is, you know, when they have to sing, dance, and act all at once. Um, Rhiannon and Bailey return, and the girls don't get why Rhiannon is still there. And to be honest, neither do I. <laughs> but she was one of your favorites. She was. At one point, I really, because I like her personality. And that's what the judges like about her, too. She has a big personality. She's funny. She's fun. She has stage presence. And as um, Bertie or Bernie says many times, she's very, quote unquote, watchable. She's entertaining. And that's really important for a Broadway musical. I mean, you have to be attracted to, to watching the lead. She just doesn't technically have the skills that the other girls have. So it's time to get real. The girls meet the legally blonde dance captains, Rusty and Michelle, and they have to do acting while doing lifts. Can we talk and... about what a great nickname, Rusty? Imagine having a friend. Yeah, I'm just like meeting my friend, Rusty. <laughs> you could be Rusty if you wanted. I don't know if I could pull off Rusty. I don't think I have a Rusty energy. I believe in you, Roberto. I think you're perfect. <laughs> There's so much love on this podcast, much like Legally Blonde, right. the musical, The yeah. Search for Elle Woods. Mm -hmm. So the girls need to be a triple threat, and they also have to have that it factor, which we know Rhiannon has the it factor, but she doesn't necessarily have the triple threat element. They learn how to tap dance. Autumn can't dance for shit. <laughs> Those are pretty much her words. I mean, she admits that she can't tap dance and that she's just going to have to phone it in and just you know, make it work with the dancing, the lights, you know. Which Bailey calls her out on in her talking head. She's like, you're going to phone it in. You're not even going to try. Mm -hmm. So cool. let's fast forward to the performance because this is what's really important. They perform what you want for the judges. This is an incredibly involved number that has, it opens with belting, then there's a quick change where they have to change into this like marching band outfit. This from the musical, this is the um, please accept me to Harvard sequence. It's it, 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 um, this single song is L deciding that she wants to apply to Harvard, her studying to get into Harvard, her audition, her in the movie she sends in a video as a personal essay but in the show she shows up to perform her personal essay in song with a marching band and her inevitably getting accepted into harvard and for this audition they bring in the actual ensemble from the musical so i was actually really impressed with rhiannon i thought she did a really good job i thought it, it was clear that she's been working on her vocals um, she is, unfortunately, toward the end, pretty out of breath. So out of breath. And this is like the third song in the show. Yeah. So Bailey is next up and she does a really good job, but she has to deal with the fact that her hat is too big. And it's falling all over the place. But somehow, because she's so professional and she's so gifted, she just makes it work. And the judges say that they actually love that the hat was too big. They felt like it was to her benefit because it added a little, it, it made her have to be a little bit more goofy and lose control a little bit when usually she's so in control. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. I mean, it's, I feel like it's that it's the distract. You got to, you sometimes you have to distract yourself to let your better instincts play, like to be able to have that release. And I feel like the hat, does that distracting for her so they're like oh there's we saw some more real you right like the cap 
she was un- uncorked a little bit. Yeah. It is one of those things where it could have gone in so many different directions because I think even you said when it happened, when, when she realized like, this isn't my hat, it's like, it's sized for a different girl. Oh, she should just throw the hat off. Right. So it feels like the judge, like it would have been easy for the judges to been like, you kind of struggled through that. Why didn't you just throw the hat off, you know, or this or that, but it feels like it feel it felt like a perfect storm that really ended up being in her favor. Yeah. Unfortunately, Lauren gets winded. You know, she does a really good job vocally, but the choreo is just not quite a hit. And it's just a little bit rough for her. I mean, they love her. She just seems a little too green here. They can see that she doesn't have as much experience. Right. They they could see the immaturity in Lauren. Yeah. Autumn does her best work yet. And this is according to the judges and also according to me. I felt like... <laughs> I finally saw the personality. It wasn't just that she's a great singer and a great performer. I saw the Elle Woods personality come through and it was fun and it was funky. And even though her choreo wasn't perfect because she can't really tap dance, she's by far the best singer and the vocal is just sublime. By this point in in that these top, or we're at top four, right? Rhiannon, Shannon, no, who's Shannon? Rhiannon, Autumn, Lauren and Bailey did any was anyone else struggling with I feel like oftentimes in competition you have like your favorite girl or your favorite person that you're really rooting for but I feel like in this instance I I like some girls more than others right like I like Bailey and Autumn kind of and Rhiannon all more than I like Lauren but you can see kind of the reason why each of them would win or get sent home so it was really difficult I felt like for me to really cheer one of them more than the other my my order of liking was a by this point autumn i like the most um and then uh I, then it's rhiannon or bailey yeah. and the, well this was also the episode i feel like where um they were all talking about how, when they wanted to be on broadway and it, it really i feel like autumn really shined in the sense where you really felt for her like all these girls Bailey's 18, Rhiannon's 19, and Bailey's 20, and Autumn is 28. So, like, all these girls, like, Autumn was once this hopeful, this cheerful, but, you know, being in the industry has just, it's broken her down a bit. And she, uh, like, uh, acknowledges that they're all very talented, but just feels like she's been in the game the longest, like, she's been grinding the hardest. Like, give her a win, please. And I really felt that. I responded to that. So let's end this episode, episode seven, which is a surprise elimination where we end up losing Lauren and Rhiannon so that we can have a final two. Because as you know, at the end of the day, the director, he only wants to see two girls. He doesn't want to mess around with having to see four girls and narrow it down so we end up with our final two which i felt was really deserving autumn and bailey yep and i agree rhiannon got cut at the start of the last episode right yeah they cut out they they eliminate um lauren and then the episode cuts and it's really shocking just to see being left with the idea that um lauren is eliminated before Rhiannon but then the next episode opens with Rhiannon getting cut 
I'm going home to the place where I belong. I something, something here, memory. <laughs> so episode eight is titled A Star is Born. Um, Like Abby said, Jerry, the director, only wants to see two girls in the final audition. So Rhiannon is sent packing and we're left with Autumn and Bailey. Um, the two most deserving, the two with the most talent. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense to see these girls here. And in fact, later on, when the pianist sees them, he also says, knew it, knew it. Like, he could tell these two girls were the standouts. I mean, he was the guy that picked my girl Bailey from the very beginning. Yeah. In the morning, Bailey and Autumn go to the Palace Theater, and it's a really moving experience for them. You know, they get to see the backstage, and then they get to sit, um, they get to stand on the stage at the Palace Theater and look out at the audience, look at the stage that one of them will be performing at. Um, It's really moving. It's really touching. For the final performance, Haley Duff informs them that they're going to be performing three past numbers. They're going to be doing Oh My God, You Guys. They're going to be doing um, Positive that features the Shake Your Junk dance break. And they're going to be doing the show-stopping so much better so much better but it's going to be full out so they're going to have to deal with moving set pieces they're going to have to deal with costume changes a Um, full ensemble a full ensemble um so it there's a lot and they only have one day so right before their performances the girls are surprised with their families and this is once again another just like oh stab me in the heart moment because Neither of these girls have been on Broadway and as as three creatives, you know, as three people who have chosen, you know, a quote unquote more difficult path, I I can relate to just feeling like, oh yay, my parents get to see that like I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting my time and that I'm worth something and that other people think I'm worth something. And it's it's just really emotional. I will note that despite dying Autumn's hair, they do put her in a wig. Yes, they do. Explain. <clears throat> she needs the length. At first, at first, I was like clip-ins. No, it's a full wig. And and for a mo- and when they when we first see her, I was like, oh my god, I can finally, I could finally see her as Elle. But then it just kind of seemed like it was just Autumn in a wig. Then it just kind of seemed like Bailey looks like Elle, and Autumn looks like her, like the young stepmom. She gave me Amy Poehler in Mean Girls. In the wig. That's funny. I just feel like she hated her blonde hair. And if I was her, I'd be a little bit pissed that they dyed her hair for nothing. <laughs> because she's going to have to wear a wig anyway. What was the whole point of putting her through that? Right. Bleach and tone. She just, she just like, um, she doesn't have as soft of a face. You know what I mean? She has just a little more sharp lines on her face. A little more sharp of a face. And yeah. I, think that, I think that makes it so she just has that less of like, um yeah that 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 childlike wonder yeah yeah so bailey goes first with her rendition of oh my god you guys and i instantly felt chills during i mean both of while watching both of their performances i could not stop smiling i was just so happy i think part of it is just like the musical theater effect of watching people dance and sing but there was like i i just felt like a proud mama i when i when I directed in high school and in 
throughout college on some of my projects. I felt like I was often, I definitely had the theater mom energy, which Jerry does. He like sings along with them and acts along with them slightly. It's cute. Totally. He's clearly passionate about his work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they would show clips of his eyes. Like he, for like, while he was watching Bailey's, Oh my God, his face was just, he looked so happy. He looked, he lit up. It was really cute. And, and, and he would, and there would cut to moments during um, Autumn's Autumn's performances where it was, he was similarly moved. I think the show was really, they were really leaving us on the edge of our seats as to who would get chosen. For sure. No, I loved, I love that. I love that it wasn't, um, he, he wasn't browsed down taking notes. He was just, he was almost overwhelmed with the the experience that, that, that I loved. That was so felt made me feel really good watching him do that. And Uh, the judges also looked so proud of these girls uh having seen like the growth, the judges, you know, the, the, Mm -hmm. the guy who is in Legally Blonde, you know, his, his thing of always saying, this is a hit. Right. You know, he felt like they were a hit. And I agree with him. Uh, Bailey's Oh My God, you guys, was the, was the, that, that was my favorite moment I had seen her in the show. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, Autumn has a moment where she kind of forgets or is late on well, one Autumn. of the lines in positive, And then vocally, they didn't feel like... Bailey was really they they said that she sounded off during I, I think maybe positive as well but of course her dancing was stellar she fucking killed it killed that choreo um ultimately you know Jerry was giving them notes and he says that he saw moments of brilliance um in both of them but also moments where he felt like he was disappointed you know he thinks that Autumn has one of the best voices he's ever heard um and that he thinks that bailey was kind of schmacting which um he just defines as turning to the audience as opposed to you know really being interacting with the people on the stage connecting with your castmates i appreciate that he was open about the fact that neither of them are truly ready for broadway but of, of course he has to pick one of them and he loves them both but not both of them need more work both of them need more training now did you two feel like you knew who was gonna win because the show, they they give you a lot of... I feel like we got more positive Autumn feedback than we did Bailey. I think that he had more notes for Bailey. Or less nice things to say about Bailey. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, think I was expecting Autumn at the end. I think that might have been because I was hoping that. And you, Abby? I definitely, at this point, felt that it was going to be Bailey. Just because she is so as they've been saying from the beginning, she just kind of embodies Elle Wood's energy in a way where, although I felt Autumn is technically a better singer and is older, definitely a better actor is a, I think in general, she's more talented who embodied the character more and really felt like Elle Woods. And I felt like that was Bailey. I agree during the moment where during, Oh my God, it felt like, well, this is Elle Woods. Like, if it comes down to talent, it would be Autumn. But when it comes down to it factor and star power as Elle, then it's Bailey. I mean, you're right. So Bailey, Bailey is more Elle. Ultimately, is is the Elle Woods of the two of them. I think I just wanted it to be like, uh, yeah, just like uh, the whole, like, Autumn's been around longer and i'm sure she's suffered more so i want i want her to have for that well the thing that they don't mention in the show which i read on the wikipedia was that the runner-up 
gets to be Elle Woods' understudy as well as be part of the ensemble. I don't want to be an understudy. I want to be Elle Woods. Right. So, So at the end of the day, both of these girls who have never been on Broadway get a chance to be on Broadway. They both got a job out of it, yeah, which yeah. I appreciated. So this is it. This is the final moment. Haley Duff rolls up with her envelope. She's probably wearing a hideous dress. She looks up and she says, Bailey, your name is on the list. You are going to be the next L. Woods. And then Autumn just bows out. Yeah. There's no like sad moment for Autumn. No sad it's monologue. Just... I was like, what? I get it. So I guess they want to make the end of the show all positive and uplifting, but give a girl a one-liner. Yeah, there was no moment for Autumn. It was all about Bailey. But I did feel so happy for Bailey. I did. I I clapped. And then they have her do an encore. She performs so much better, but in a really just oh my god, stop guys! This is too much twist. In the background, they have all of the past contestants, Cassie Yo, Cassie Yes, Emma, Lindsay, Rhiannon, all those girls, Natalie. They come back and they get to be the Delta New sisters and turn around and have the L Woods on their sweatshirts while Bailey, you know, brings us home with that big final belt. It was cute. It was really cute. I mean, kind of felt bad for those girls that they had to come back and watch Bailey win. <laughs> I felt a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit awkward. And then they all have to like celebrate and be happy for her on stage, <laughs> which if I was them, I'd be bitter. But it was cute. And I was happy for Bailey. And so was her family. So it was very heartwarming. It was just such a delight to see them do these three final songs, both of them, and see that they both really did deserve it and they both really did have the talent and have the chops and this was a great way to showcase that true and again so bailey despite winning she does her run she ultimately i think is has worked the least she she goes back home as far as wikipedia can tell me she goes back home she works with her church she she does a few productions um but yeah i think selena ended up being the most consistent Selena now goes by her stage name which is Lena Hall mm. and she was she originated a role in um Kinky, Kinky Boots. Boots she's also she was also in Hedwig Hedwig and the Angry Itch cool inch inch and uh, a bunch of other Broadway shows she's been in Cats Lauren has been working Lauren ended up playing in the like the traveling the traveling yeah the touring company all the girls are working a lot of them are even my girl libby from the beginning i think if you go on the wikipedia and scroll down you can see what libby's been up to well and then bailey's now a worship leader right she's like a worship yeah. pastor at the church yeah and she Which, has a family I mean, and a daughter she's... that she named noel if she's from south carolina she probably is doing worship leading at like a mega church sure. or something which is probably pretty good money in a big audience mm -hmm. true brett do you have any final thoughts on legally blonde the musical legally blonde the musical or legally blonde the search i'm sorry for legally blonde the musical the search for l woods um uh yeah good good show yeah again i liked it was that's the other thing is I'm like it makes sense that they wouldn't have another run of this same show, but like you said, maybe if it was a huge hit, they would have done it with other other Broadway shows. This is just a good fit, you know. What I mean, I feel like 
especially with it being legally blonde. I mean, I feel like they couldn't be like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put on. Uh, I mean, what what network was this on? MTV, baby. Okay, so they, yeah, they wouldn't have like. What the fuck is that show that Leah Michelle was on? Glee. No, Mama Who Bore Me. What's that? Oh, oh uh, Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening. I feel like MTV would definitely do a, the search for the cast of Spring Awakening. That's true. They would do that. Um, that's got a couple, some good songs on it too. Um, but uh, yeah, but no, it did I, ultimately lead to the show's downfall. What channel was the search for the next Pussycat Doll on? Oh my god, I don't know. But that got two seasons. But I don't understand why there were two seasons of looking for Pussycat Dolls when none of them sang. <laughs> except for nicole scherzinger but well maybe they were really trying to replace nicole scherzinger and the show just failed to do so <laughs> that's uh, you're right There's, it was on the cw and um uh yeah right nicole scherzinger equals two pussycat dolls so they needed two seasons she nicole scherzinger equals at least four pussycat dolls <laughs> yeah. please um yeah that's uh, nothing no other special thoughts though just a good good time um and uh great no regrets do you feel better for it no, no regrets because it let me get on to come on this show, your show. Uh, well, know that we had so much fun with you here, and you are most definitely welcome back. Um, you know, if you if you can spare ten hours of your life to watch something else that got canceled, well, sick. And maybe uh, if uh, Legally Blonde comes to town, we can we can all go see it. Fun. Ugh, I hope we get to live in that reality, Brett. I really do. <laughs> do you want to? Because I think we need to let you go. Do you have any? thing that you want to plug any you know share your ads give us your socials sure you know, uh i'm at promo yeah i'm at what brett w-h-a-t-b-r-e-t-t on twitter and instagram follow me there and you get some tweets off you've got some pretty good tweets i honestly feel like you're underrated i love your tweets personally i really appreciate that i i think i um i you know i like to mix it up so i feel like sometimes people who like one kind of my tweet then this other one, something else will be in a different kind of vibe, comedy mm-hmm. vibe. So I feel like I'm okay. Well, you'll do yeah. range, versatility. Because you'll do a funny, relatable tweet, and then you'll do a tweet that's a little bit more signature to Brett, a little more <laughs> your personality. For sure. Which I like. Yeah, I like that yeah. variety. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate the plus one. Yeah, come, come, come follow me, listeners. Thank you so much, Brett. This was so fun. I hope to see you again in person soon. I hope to see you on Broadway as Elle Woods. (laughs) Oh my God. The the world isn't ready for Brett's Elle Woods, but the world is ready for a hot cover of Home by Daughtry. So why don't you take us out? I'm going home to the something in my home. I got those new Lady Gaga Oreos. Do you? Because I would have loved to get my hands on some of those. I wish. That, nope. <laughs> Thank All you, right, Brett. All right. Bye, Brett. Um, thanks, guys. And now it's time. Wow. Okay. What's it time for? <laughs> the Legally Blonde. The Search for Elle Woods. Incident Report. The Legally Blonde. The Musical. Oh, my God. Search for Elle Woods. Incident Report. Date of Cancellation. Four months after Bailey Hanks took over as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde the Musical, the show closed on October 19th, 2008. Cause of death? Hydrogen peroxide overdose. As a result of there being too much bend, not enough snap. As it turns out, 
blondes want more than to just have fun? Ooh, that felt honestly straight out of Law Law and Order. (laughs) It felt really real. Wow, this was so fun. Thank you for tuning in. Standard or Law and Order SVU? Well, I've only ever seen SVU. Great. And you know, Elle Woods would be a special victim. (laughs) 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 So... Just to finish out, you know, this was such a fun episode to do with Brett. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, we hope that you understand just how much we really cared about the show. We did. And felt an emotional attachment, um, an almost spiritual attachment to the show, because it did mean a lot to us as gay people, as (laughs) musical theater fans, as Hillary, not Hillary, Haley Duff. Right, 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 right. As Haley Duff stands, as a blonde Reality TV lovers. It really, it meant a lot. So I have just a short eulogy to commemorate the show. Um, Just give it its time, give it its moment in the sun before we quickly forget and move on in our next episode. Thank you all for being here. We're gathered here today to remember a friend, a lover, and a diva. Legally Blonde, the musical, the series. I will remember you whenever I see. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Reclaimed. I will remember you whenever I see pink go-go boots in the sun. And I will celebrate your memory by always lifting up my fellow women. And then dragging them behind their backs (laughs) in my confessional. (laughs) Thank you. We love you. And you will be remembered. I think we can all say that this show was awesome blossom. Fabulous. Fantastic. And I think that we can both agree that it will make it to our ranking, you know. It's it didn't deserve to be canceled. It should have lived forever. And in our hearts. They should have and recast in this podcast. <laughs> they should have recast Elle Woods every single year on MTV. <laughs> follow us on twitter follow us on instagram follow brett on all of his socials stan brett just like you know the only tweet at him he's the only straight white man i know (laughs) hey tom (laughs) (laughs) um sorry so he's one of two um yeah we love you all bye from the bottom of our wine glasses we want to thank all the people who made this show possible Our theme song is by Ben Muller of Low Ceilings, music available on Spotify. Artwork by Hunter Bustamante. And additional tunes by Rachel Baldwin and Gal Petal. Till the next cancellation.